Hey guys, and welcome back to the Yes Means Yes podcast. On this week's episode, we are interviewing some bartenders in the local Auburn, Alabama area, um, just to talk to them about drug-facilitated sexual assault and kind of like the atmosphere and everything and working in a bar. As usual, my name is Faith Namshef. I'm the Victim Advocate and Outreach Coordinator, and I'm going to kind of let um, everyone go around and introduce themselves. Hi guys, I'm Katie, and I'm an intern with Rape Counselors of East Alabama. Um, I'm a senior at Auburn, and I'm majoring in Global Studies. Uh, my name is Megan Davis, and I worked for Southeastern Bar and Grill, um, and I worked there for about a year. Okay, so my name is Shante. Um, I am—I wouldn't consider myself currently a bartender. Um, I have a full-time job Monday through Friday. Um, I work at a childcare subsidy, but I actually um, am bartending tomorrow, so I kind of have to say I kind of am. But um, I would say I started bartending about when I moved to Auburn, which is in 2013. Um, I worked a lot in the service industry, I've worked restaurants. Um, I have bartended for a contracted company where we work events. Um, this event specifically that I'm working tomorrow, um, I was hired on privately just by knowing the wedding planner. Um, so, yeah. Perfect, thank you. And Nick, can you tell us a little bit about your experience um, bartending? Yes, ma'am. Um, my name is Nick Rubin. I was a bartender up until uh, June of this year. Um, I'm currently in Chicago working my full-time job, um, but I've, I've been bartending for about 12 years. Uh, the most recent was five years in Auburn. Okay, perfect. Thank you guys so much. So um, you kind of talked a little bit about how long you've been there. So your bartending experiences, what were the places you worked at? Were they like, I know Shanta, you mentioned you've done some weddings. Um, were they like local bars? Was it like a restaurant bar? What kind of experience have you had in the environment? Right. Okay. So my first one, I worked for a fine dining restaurant. Um, I wasn't necessarily like the main bartender, um, but I definitely did some bartending there. Um, and then from there I worked at a local restaurant in Auburn. I was there for five years, did everything, serving, um, some bartending, just all of that. And then, um, with the contracted company that I work events, um, I have bartended weddings. Those are my favorite to bartend. Um, I have bartended just different events like charity events. Um, I went to one um, I'm blanking fraternity party. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, just a variety of different things like company Christmas parties. Okay. And Nick, what about your, um, experiences? Um, I started bartending, um, in Auburn at, in 2015 when I first moved there. Um, and I, I bartended at, Live Oaks and Sky Bar uh, for pretty much Sky Bar almost the entire time I was in Auburn and Live Oaks for the first three years. 
Um, I just worked for about a year and I worked for Southeastern in Auburn. Um, I did do a little bit um, over the summer while I was in Orange Beach, but it was a breakfast place. It wasn't anything like an actual bar scene. So between you guys, we have a good wide field of experience, like all the little different bar arenas for sure. Yeah, awesome. Um, So what were the atmospheres and environments of these bars that you guys worked at amongst the uh, patrons and the workers and I guess like interactions and stuff? Just what was that like at the various places? Uh, So at Southeastern, it was kind of really laid back. Um, As you may know, it was kind of an open area um, with benches and tables, and it was just kind of fun and light. There wasn't really anything like cliquish, kind of like other bars that I've worked at. Um, And everyone was just kind of like a family employee-wise, so it was actually very calm and relaxed. Um, I would say the first place, it was a fine dining restaurant. that was also like a hotel. So there was a lot of policies to uphold. It was very prim and proper. Um, That one was actually very stressful. (laughs) Um, From there, um, when I went to that restaurant, I actually um, worked at Niffers for five years and um, met my husband there. (laughs) So the service industry is huge. I loved it there. Um, never really met a person, um, customer or coworker that I did not like, except on rare occasions. Um, it was real fun, but there is a lot of training that goes um, with that. Um, we have to sign off. I think like it was yearly. Um, I can't remember what it was called, but basically just making sure that you knew like how to check IDs and whatnot mm-hmm. um, with the contracted company. And with the various events, um, there are a lot of rules to abide with that as well, just depending on like the event and who the bar manager is. Um, We have to wear specific um, attire, making sure like you're not eating or drinking or anything like that. Um, But I I don't think I've ever had a bad experience with any place that I've worked. Um, so obviously live Oaks and sky bar are two completely different atmospheres. Um, but come football season, they were very similar. Um, (laughs) it was, it was chaotic and honestly trying to monitor like how much each individual person has had to drink. Um, that was easier at live Oaks because, that's more, it's obviously a lot smaller, but it's more of a restaurant environment and your options, you have two bars that you can order drinks through or your server. Um, Sky bar, it's, it's almost impossible to monitor how much someone has had to drink unless they start their tab at your bar and they keep coming back. Um, Like when it was crazy, like if somebody was cut off, at my bar, at Sky Bar, like we would try when possible to communicate with other bars. Hey, if you see this person, like they're done, give them water. Um, or we would get security and obviously have them removed. Um, 
So it was, we tried to, at both places, watch out for the customers, but it was, it's not always practical. Right. As a pre-COVID patron of Skybar, I I can't even imagine. Like, I cannot even imagine trying to keep up. I already think, like, every blonde girl looks the same. <laughs> I couldn't imagine trying to keep up with, like, their drinking. So it's impressive that y'all honestly even tried. Um, but that's very interesting. I didn't know that that was intent. I know, Shantae, you talked about you received certain training on how to check IDs. Um, at rate counselors, we're really um, pushing now bystander training and like things mm-hmm. like that. So I was curious if either of you in any of your experiences, when you worked places, did you ever receive any sort of bystander training from like anywhere, even if it wasn't just like um, DV or like sexual assault or anything, but like any sort of bystander intervention? I mean, in regards to, like, if someone's had too much to drink, like, when to cut them off, if they're getting violent, um, just the different avenues you can take um, and who to call or contact in regards of that. But I think that's the extent of it. Mm -hmm. I've personally never had any formal um, training, as far as that goes, Mm -hmm. except for like the ID checking IDs like Shantae was talking about. Um, but in pre-shift meetings, there were, there were tips on how to spot it, how to prevent it and things that we could do. Um, but as far as sitting down and here's a class on this topic, no. Um, so the only official bystander training that I received was through Auburn or through RCEA. Um, however, in training for Southeastern at the bar, it was more of if you see anything, please report it because we want this to be a safe environment for everyone. And they would go over stuff like what may look suspicious or it was kind of a follow your gut type of thing and don't be like scared to speak up. Do you guys think that if this class were to be offered, do you think this could be something beneficial for bartenders? Um, I think so. Um, Having had worked in both fields, um, I remember working with um, RCA. That was something that, you know, we had done some research on um, and being a bartender. I think it is important um, because we do see a lot of these um, assaults occur most after some kind of Um, alcohol intake. Um, So I think that would be really important. I agree with Shantae. Like it it would be very beneficial to have the training. Um, And I think honestly, that's one reason that I've never had the formal training is because it's not something that I know to be offered. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's very fair. Um, I guess that's not something you would like typically think of. I mean, before I was in the field of sexual assault, and I'm sure Shantae and Katie might agree with me as well, there are so many things that I wasn't aware of or aware of the need to even look out for. So, yeah, it's true. So, and you both kind of said that you didn't really receive any formal bystander training. In other trainings, did y'all ever go over like sexual harassment policies or like sexual like assault, anything to do with um, any sexual violence? Um, uh, I would say like 
in most, I don't want to say in every business, but in most businesses, you know, they have like a policy handbook. Um, and I know for sure Niffers does, they do like a really good job of laying those policies out. Um, but it's not like it's a class that like you take, it's just like, it lays it out in policy. Like it's not tolerated. You do it. Like here's what your, you know, repercussions are. Um, but not anywhere that I've worked, um, in the service industry, has it been like trained or been a class or anything like that? The only times that it's really been discussed for me, um, is pre-shift meetings, which are very short, very brief. Um, and orientation. Other than that, it's only when a situation arises, unfortunately. It's also just like one of those topics that like nobody wants to talk about and being like the manager, you don't want to be that person. Um, I mean, regardless, just talking about it, a lot of people are just weirded out by it. But even like if a situation arises, it's almost hard for people to believe that like, I can't believe like my employee would do that. Right. And if they were to bring it up in a situation when no one had actually done anything, then people are just automatically going to assume that they're doing it to save their back in some way. Too. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I know that there's been instances where I've gone to bars or restaurants and stuff and in the bathroom or even on campus and stuff, just like in the bathroom, they'll have a sign that says if you're feeling unsafe and you need to, you know, let someone know that you're feeling unsafe, you can talk to, you know, one of the workers. And so I'm just wondering at any of the places y'all work, did y'all ever have anything to let the patrons know that they could reach out to someone if they felt uncomfortable or felt that, you know, they were unsafe or anything at the places? So not in the bars that I worked at, didn't have any signage or anything. Um, the restaurant that I worked at did have a little poster in the back that was like, if you're feeling uncomfortable, please go see the hostess, but not in the bars. Um, not that I recall anything like specific being posted, no. I haven't, I'm not aware of any signs, um, but it, I have had um, girls approach me at the bar and say that somebody was harassing them. So I've heard before there's like a special drink someone can order, and I'm not going to say the name, um, in case that they do feel uncomfortable, they can come up to a bartender and let them know. Have y'all ever had an instance where someone came up and said that they wanted that specific drink? Um, no, not personally. I've, and the only way that I've ever found out about that was through reading an article on Facebook. Mm -hmm. okay. Um, I've never had anyone order it from me, but I am familiar with it. Mm -hmm. Um, not specifically in a way to order a drink, but I have had patients come up and give me kind of like a universal signal or like, um, Hey, would you mind like, coming over here and talking to me type deal, but nothing code word-ish. Well, because I've heard, like, I think it's a great initiative, and we've thought about doing it, because I think we also thought about doing it too, Shantae, when you were with RCEA, 
Yes. It's like at this point, like I feel like a lot of people know about it. So it's like that line of. The, yeah. It's like one of those things that like people think, Oh, this is a really good idea. This is really cool. So it gets shared on social media and then it's just like everywhere. Right. So like it doesn't get shared to people who actually might need it, but now anyone who might be a perpetrator could also hear it and put the victim in more danger. And yeah. But, um, okay. So do you guys know what a uh, drug facilitated sexual assault is? Yeah, um, I've heard a lot about it, and it was mentioned a few times when I was going through the interview process and the training process to be a bartender. Yes. Okay. Shantae, I'm sure you know it. <laughs> uh, <for laughs> of course any- I do. <laughs> anyone not listening, basically this is using um, drugs or alcohol to a perpetrator's advantage to be able to um, use it against the victim. To Maybe it's them saying, oh, take the shot, keep drinking, keep drinking, or drugging them, or in any way incapacitating them via these methods um, for the purpose of um, assaulting them. So I know, and I think we'll kind of go into this a little bit more later, in the Auburn area, if you've been in there any amount of time, you've probably heard like rumors of druggings. And I mean, we got an AU alert, I think a few weeks ago, that there had been like druggings at fraternity parties. So I was curious, And in the sexual assault world, we see more um, sexual assaults August through November. We see a very like high rise of those because students are coming back and um, we like have everyone back in that area and there's lots of parties going on. And like Shantae said, there's very often alcohol is involved in sexual assault. So I'm curious if you've ever noticed a particular time that this happened with patrons or um, anyone that you might be serving not necessarily from y'all, but like they themselves had experienced like druggings. Is there like a certain like rise or increase of instances of that? I feel like it's more towards the beginning of the school year when like the fraternities and sororities are hosting a lot of their events. Um, And when, not saying it always happens at the fraternity and sorority houses, but when they are the most active, um, even when they co- go out, they go out in groups. So it's easier to find a target. And a lot of them, like even socials, they all dress up the same. And so they, it's, you don't know who's who. Um, and then, maybe the end of the semester, end of each semester. But other than that, I don't really know a specific time. Um, <laughs> this is going to sound funny. So honestly, the only specific time, I'm sure there's some, like having served and being a patron to many different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you see the one individual just hitting on another individual. Hey, can I buy you a drink? Um, I was actually a patron at a restaurant here in Auburn with my husband and, um, there was this woman who was sitting at the bar. Um, you can tell she had been drinking a lot and the, there was like two gentlemen that were at the bar and you can tell like they hadn't come together. They were sitting like some distance apart, but she would like lean over and then like, they just kind of suddenly like left and then 
the woman and one of the guy was like in a car for a long time. Mm. Yeah. It was really weird. I don't know why that came to my head. <laughs> no, I mean, that's interesting. And I think it's good to include examples because I mean, we could sit here and talk about it all day long, but there's still going to be people who are like, Oh, that doesn't happen. Auburn is a nice place. There's families here, whatever. Right. I mean, and that was an instance of not even students. Like they were mm-hmm. a little, I mean, probably 10, 15 years older than I am. Mm-hmm. Right. It can happen to anyone in anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been reported that it's happened. I personally um, didn't see it, but it has been reported more so, especially in Auburn during football season when the bars have been really crowded. Um, so. Okay. Um, okay, well, I know, Nick, you mentioned that there have been girls that have approached you, um, you know, saying they were sexually harassed or sexually assaulted. And um, are there, is there any, or I guess what is the plan in place if someone does come up to the bartender and says that, you know, they think they've been sexually harassed or assaulted, um, like, what do y'all do? Do y'all go to the manager or just what's that process look like? Um, so we didn't have like a specific um, step-by-step thing of what to do or like a procedure, but um, what usually happened, and this was kind of worked out with the employees and other bartenders that if someone did come up telling us, my friend is feeling uncomfortable or I'm feeling uncomfortable. Can you help me? We would usually take them back. Um, If they went up to a guy, we would get another girl to go with them or we would have like two people go with, we would go towards the back, like the kitchen area or somewhere a lot more quieter, get them to tell the situation and describe the person. And then we would go over the radio and tell the bouncers and um, the security uh, floor guys uh, what was going on in the description. And we would try to get that person out and uh, get that, uh, the one that reported it calmed down or the victim that was being harassed calmed down until they felt better. And then we would try to get them a safe way to get home or to call their friends to come pick them up. We never really left them alone after that. Um, well, it, it, really just depends on what's going on. Um, If it is somebody that is just talking and annoying, I guess a girl like won't quit trying to carry on a conversation. Like having been drunk before, um, I feel like I get very talkative. So that there, that's not necessarily something that's crossing a line. So in that situation, like we'll just monitor it and, um, like I've, there's an employee at Skybar uh, that I worked with when I was there and like her ex was very, he was the jealous type. And when he started drinking like that, it, it never ended well. And she, when she would see him, she would start drinking more. And like, there was one night where like he was up in her face and like, I, I stopped what I was doing, went around the bar and like, I grabbed a hold of her and I said, come here, let me talk to you for a second. And um, granted, she's one of my friends. So it was, I could go about it a little different, but I told her, I said, pull out your phone and I'm going to call myself. So that way, if you need me, then 
all you have to do is pull out your phone and I'm the last person you've called. Just call me again. I have my Apple watch and I will find you and I like, I'll handle it. Um, but anytime that there was a situation, if it was somebody that was crossing a line, then the, no questions asked. Like it, it, as long as it was something that made sense. Um, I mean, it, it's hard to say specifics because there's so many different um, instances and things that can go on. But I mean, if it was, if there was somebody acting inappropriately, like the first thing is get them out of the bar and we would go up to the uh, upstairs, get a picture of their face on the security camera and take it around all the doors and be like, do not let this person in. And once again, like the security guys, that is very hard to do to remember that one face that you see the entire night and they tried to do the best that they could. Yeah. That was interesting to hear. I like hearing that because <laughs> you never know, like not having worked somewhere. Um, I, I've never really experienced anything like that. Um, but again, my situations have been very different from where Nick has worked. Um, but I feel like something would have been done, but I think I would have gone to someone above me, like a manager, the bar manager, um, and just see like what my options are just because me and being so passionate about it and like wanting to protect someone, I would be like super passionate about it and then probably do something wrong for the company. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> no, I'm, I probably like start cussing yeah. someone out and then it's like, Oh, Shantae doesn't have a job anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm the person. If I see, I was at the bar. Oh goodness. This was like right before COVID happened. I remember I saw someone, I did not know if they were just like drunk out of their mind or they were drugged or I don't know what was going on. They did not look good. I could not enjoy myself for the rest of the night. I had to go track down a security guard. I had to be like, look, I pointed him out. I was like, I don't know what's going on with this guy, but can you please take care of him? Cause I can't have fun. <laughs> Cause I think that someone's going to take him home or something. So That's so funny. I was the same way. Like, especially when I was with RCA, like I could not go mm -hmm. out. Like I was so afraid of like running into volunteers oh, or yeah, that too. <laughs> victims that we have served or anything like that. And it's just like, oh, I don't know. But then there were, I was always just like watching even more. So like my awareness was heightened. Yes. And so like, I remember specifically being out downtown and this guy was like up this girl's shorts, but I wanted to like intervene, but she wasn't fighting off. So I was like, is it my business? And it, it was just like conflicting. And I was like, do I do something? Like, I don't want to be that person if like that's her boyfriend and she's okay with it. Or like, do I just check? Right. Yeah. And I think that's a problem that a lot of people experience. Like, I think for the most part, people are good people and want to do the right thing and step in. But it's like, these social like boundaries and like, you don't want to embarrass yourself and you don't want to be wrong. And so it does make it complicated and it does make it hard to be an effective bystander. I think. Mm -hmm. I, you're, I definitely agree with what you're saying. Personally, I do not have an issue with confrontation. 
And I know that there's so many people that do. And I also, and this is, is in my mind, it's justified, but it's, I don't think everyone would agree, but I have no fear of getting in trouble for doing the right thing. Like I, if, if I understand that there as an employee, there's a certain way that we're supposed to treat guests and that doesn't need to be crossed, Mm -hmm. but it's also a bar and that those lines get blurred a lot. Um, So I'm going to handle it how, however necessary. I'm not going to like jump straight into trying to escalate the situation. Like, Mm -hmm. but however far it goes, okay. Like that's something I feel needs to be done Mm -hmm. and I will deal with consequences after. hundred percent. Yeah. And I think it's important to have people exactly like you working at bars because I feel like that's necessary when, especially dealing with drunk college students too, to have someone who's going to be like, hey, chill, man. Um, oh, drunk college students are my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that y'all have talked about any potential sexual harassment amongst patrons and stuff, like amongst other patrons. But in your instances of bar work, have you experienced, have you had a coworker experience any like sexual harassment, um, assault or uncomfortable situations that occurred in the work environment? Be this between um, like colleagues, coworkers, or even like from patrons or vice versa? Um, I don't think I have personally had any kind of situations against me Mm -hmm. but there have been definitely a few instances against um co-workers Mm -hmm. um co-worker to co-worker in one specific instance that it was just kind of brushed off and Mm -hmm. really for lack of better words pissed me off but (laughs) it's only so much you can do but be there for that person who is you know talked to wrongly um I mean, definitely some patrons saying some inappropriate things to some of the really pretty servers. And, mm-hmm. um, but I will say managers have been really good about, hey, knock it off or you're not allowed to come back, which I appreciate. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I feel like that's necessary. Yes. Um, Skybar, yes, like there, that is... Mm-hmm. Very, that, that was an issue. Um, and 95% of the time it was patrons making comments about the female bartenders that were working there. And mm-hmm. once again, that's something that like, if, if they want to compliment them, great, like do it, go on. Um, but anything that I felt was inappropriate or any, like anytime something was said that I could see a reaction from a female bartender that it made her feel uncomfortable. Like I'm going to say something. And if there's an issue with it, like I, they get one warning, I'll let them know, look, keep it to yourself. And if they carry on, we kick them out. Mm-hmm. So the one warning, is that like a Nick rule or is that like a Skybar rule? Um, 
Well, that's a one warning if it's just like a verbal, just saying something that they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's there's exceptions to that too. Like there's certain things that if you say it, no, like you're out. Um, really, that is like a situational rule. Mm-hmm. That is the the great thing about working at Skywar. Um, is if we kick somebody out, security does it. Like there is no, why are we kicking them out? Why are, like they get them out. And then if that person is at the front door, like carrying on, like one of the security guys will come up and ask us, hey, what happened? Because he's saying he shouldn't be kicked out and like he's causing a scene. And I just want to be able to go tell him exactly, this is what happened. This is why you're gone. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was awesome. That's good to have someone strong to just, you know, get them out without any hesitation, pushing back on you and stuff. Yeah. You know, they tell you it's part of the job, especially when you're, you know, just a small female bartender working in a college bar. Um, I've had guys from, you you know, who are in college to the older guys coming in for football games, um, saying some things, but you just kind of get used to it after a while. And that sounds terrible. Like it shouldn't be okay. Um, but you know, we've had our run-ins and you just kind of brush it off because they can't really get to you when you're behind the bar. So the bar kind of is like a barrier for us. Um, and they usually try and say, well, it's not big of a deal because they throw tips at you. Yeah, but it still makes me very uncomfortable and I don't feel safe leaving, you know? Right. Well, I mean, not sad because you should never feel unsafe leaving your job. Oh, yeah. And we, honestly, Southeastern is probably one of the best places that I've worked in a sense of all the employees having each other's backs because especially during game season um the boys the bouncers would walk us to our cars or offer to walk us to our cars um and they always kept an eye on us like I had a customer who was harassing me one day and one of the guys came up and you know told him that wasn't cool and to get away and it's happened and they've taken up for several of us several times and um gotten them thrown out and made them leave or had them removed so it it kind of balanced itself out but at the same time they think that everybody thinks that's normal culture and it shouldn't be yeah definitely um I think it's interesting that both you and Nick talked about that specifically how like the female bartenders had to deal with unwelcome advances and it was just kind of regular but then you both talked about how you know and the other male staff would come to their defense. So that's something good to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and deep down you know that it's not so much as them wanting to make the sexual advances. It's more so them trying to, or them being drunk, trying to have a good time and hoping that they're going to get, like, special treatment or, like, free drinks or stuff like that but you're still more susceptible to it and it you can't run from it either because you're stuck behind that bar right 
Okay. So I have a question um, specifically for you, Megan, as a younger female working at a very college-centered like bar. I know Shantae um, said that her experience has been kind of mostly dining, bartending, and like doing like weddings and stuff, but you're at like Southeastern, for anyone who doesn't know, is like one of those big bars in downtown Auburn that all the college kids go to. I'm wondering if you feel like or you even notice that maybe other females around your age would be more likely to come up to you because you are a girl their age? Do you think that? Um, yeah, it, it's happened a few times. Um, I usually worked either in the middle of the bar or on the very end. And I've had several girls that would come up to me like, hey, like this guy's being really creepy. Can you like keep an eye on me? Or, hey, I need a little bit of help. My friend is like being trapped by this guy. And um, usually if that would happen, I would um, step around, especially if it wasn't too like crazy, crazy. Um, but yeah, I have seen that they would go um, to me or some of the other girls my age, because we were all about the same age. And um, we would all kind of talk and communicate because we like, especially me, I did work for as a victim advocate for rape counselors. And so I kept a big eye on it. And so some of my other um female co-workers would uh, work with me and we would work together and keep an eye on the girls that came into the bar, especially if things were getting a little too um, uncomfortable, even for our standpoint. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think just even for myself, if I were to see someone who was closer to my age and was also like a female, I would, 100% probably go up to them more likely than I would just like a male bartender. So yeah, it's a- more comfortable and mm-hmm. you have more of a sense of she's definitely going to believe me and know what I'm talking about rather than this guy over here. Who's probably never experienced that. But th- with that being said, a lot of the guys I worked with were very understanding and they didn't play around with stuff like that. They would, you know, stop what they were doing and grab me or one of the other girls nearby and ask for help or tell us what was going on. Yeah, that's great. And um, it's good to hear that. Um, especially just cause you know, you know, all the Auburn rumors and stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, well, this has kind of been addressed a little bit, but if y'all have anything to add, um, if you suspect that a patron is a victim of harassment or trafficking or drugging, what, do y'all do about that, I guess? Um, are you meaning like personally, like if I see it or if I personally suspect it as a bartender? Yes. Um, I, for me, it was more so I would um, let my bar back know, like, hey, I don't think that girl looks good. I think she is in trouble or she needs some help or the situation doesn't seem right. And they would radio it over and um, the bouncers would go up to her and check on her and stuff. And I would still keep my eye on her, especially if it was one of those busy nights and I couldn't like, and I didn't have a break in between serving drinks or customers. Um, And eventually they would work her around or I could go and check on her or I would tell um, the person at the well next to me, like, Hey, I'm going to check on this girl. Something doesn't feel right. And they would take over my section for me while I would go and see what was going on. I would always check in, um, see if she needed anything and keep an eye on her. 
um, until I was able to actually go and communicate with her. That's really good that you work in an environment where they'll, they'll let you like, you know, step aside and make sure that someone's okay. Mm-hmm. Well, as long as you uh, kept your section manned pretty much, like as long as you let somebody know that you were stepping away so that they could keep an eye on it. So right. things didn't like go haywire. It was pretty okay. Like I could, if I wasn't feeling well, I could tell the person next to me like, Hey, I'm going to the bathroom. I need to, I need a minute and it would be fine. Just, you know, you just can't, as long as you didn't let things get out of hand, you were fine. Um, and everybody was really understanding, especially if it had something to do with our customers or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Anytime that we suspect something happened, um, like it was, that was also a situation. Like we would, the security cameras came in handy so many times. Um, I could text my GM from the bar at Sky and be like, this right here, what bar I'm working. Um, like I need you to make a note to, like, and also sending a text message, it had the timestamp. So it was, by the time I got upstairs or something, I could know exactly what time it was and we could pull up the cameras and we could point out either the girl, the guy, like this is what we think happened to her or, um, and then they, they make notes of it. So that way, if something does arise, Mm -hmm. um, then they have it noted. So have you ever seen like on camera or anything like someone being like drugged? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Is that, would you say that's something that you saw often? Um, no, I, mm-hmm. it's not something I, I saw it a couple times in the four or five years that I worked there, just like the video of it, it itself. Um, there, there were a couple guys who got caught at another bar. Um, there were customers drugging people, and they actually drugged one of our bartenders at another bar. Um, she was off and out drinking, and every single time that I saw them come in, like. I, I let the guy, cause Skybar, we have one guy and his, his job is to just watch cameras all night long. Mm-hmm. Um, and the number of cameras that are in that place, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, but every time that I saw them, I was like, they're here. You need to watch them. Mm-hmm. And, um, I would let security know. And security was great at, spreading the word. They'd have somebody run around to each security guy and like they, <laughs> there was ways to identify them. So it was like, those people are back and like they got, they've, they've been kicked out multiple times. Um, mm-hmm. To my knowledge, they've never actually drugged someone in Skybar. Um, but there were, 
the way that our employee got drugged at another bar was they were buying a bunch of shots for like random people. And that's how it happened. Mm -hmm. So when they came to sky bar and they started doing it, uh, buying a bunch of shots for people like that's something. Nope. Just go ahead and end your night. Like have a good night. Try again another day. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. I would have never thought, which it makes sense that the security is working like so closely together. Like, I guess I I didn't realize that either. Yeah. Or that there were so many cameras in sky bar, I guess. Mm -hmm. I didn't even think, I don't know. I knew there would be security, but I mean, a lot. Yeah. I just thought they were manning the doors. (laughs) Like, (laughs) (laughs) no, there's those two. Um, (laughs) While now that you mentioned that, like, I, so Skybar is, well, I'll wait till the end. Go ahead. If you want to go ahead, we can. Um, so Skybar is obviously a target of a bunch of rumors of the owners drugging girls, the bartenders drugging girls. Um, like, unfortunately, mm-hmm. like those rumors spread like wildfire. And it is not at all accurate. Um, the and Skybar is a very frustrating place to work. Like, so I have no reason to defend them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not at all. But mm-hmm. they do in the environment that it is, and as large as it is, and the number of people that we have come in there on any given day Mm -hmm. they really do go above and beyond to try and prevent to try and help take care of things um like if there is a girl who has obviously had too much to drink and stumbling slurring like way past intoxicated um then like there will be a female manager that Skybar will pay for a taxi cab. There is a female manager that rides with her and takes her home. And um, when a female manager is not working, then they pull a female bartender. It doesn't matter how busy we are. Um, Like there is a female and only a female in um, that taxi to make sure that she gets home safely. They, I hate that there's so much focus on, Oh, it's the bartenders. Oh, it's the owners. Oh, it's, it's sky bar itself because that blaming them for something that we absolutely have no motivation to drug girls. Um, Blaming them takes the focus off of finding the people that are actually doing it. And especially when they're doing everything possible to try and prevent it and to just try and make sure that everybody gets home safe. Yeah. I didn't know that about the, um, making sure that like a female manager, or female bartender were to like go and make sure they got home safe. That definitely is like going a step beyond, I think than most other establishments would take. So in your experience, you're saying that you believe that when drugs do occur, they are amongst patrons, 
against each other. Absolutely. Um, I, I have been drugged at a bar before um, and it was in Florida and it was because I was there with a girl and we, we were not focused on our drinks. We set our drinks down. We were shooting pool. Um, and when we went back over to them, we didn't know whose was whose. And I honestly believe that I ended up drinking her beer and cause I, I can drink a lot. And I, I had one beer, one shot and um, don't remember anything else. And it was, it was scary to experience that, but I'm, I'm still glad that it was me and not her, but it, it kind of opened my eyes to no matter what, do not set your drinks down. Um, Uh And I, I would say that don't set your drinks down even with a group of friends because unfortunately too much evil exists in this world and you never know who's doing what or what someone's intentions are. Um, So it's from a statistical standpoint, um, just even in the sexual assault world, I mean, over 80% of sexual assaults occur amongst acquaintances. So it's usually the people that you're, would not expect that from that stranger in the alley thing that everybody tells. So yeah, a hundred percent. And you don't trust your friends. I was was also going to add to kind of just like help, I guess the sky bar stand of it is like, I actually was drugged at sky bar. Um, And I, if I remember right, because again, I was drugged (laughs) one or two beers. So how do beers get drugged? You know, it's not, Clearly, it's not in their eyes. Um, and I'm watching them open the beer. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's that was done by a patron. And who knows where and when. But like Nick said earlier, he can drink. And I know my limits. Especially back then, when I was in college, I could definitely drink and hold my own. But two beers and then to wake up the next morning and not where, know what happened. Um, so... And I don't think I've ever blamed Skybar on that. I knew that that was someone. Now, why and what their intentions were, thank God nothing happened. I was with a group of friends. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my friend's friend, my friend and I got drugged together, um, and her friend got us home. Oh, and poor God. her having to <laughs> handle the both of us. But, yeah. yeah. Good friend. Yeah, honestly. So now that we're on this topic, um, Nick, you said this, there are evil people in this world. Um, We never want to blame victims of drugging, of anything in any way, um, because obviously that is on the perpetrator. That is something, an action they chose to take. But these things do happen and these things do exist. So how, how do we stay safe in bar situations? Like as bartenders, what can y'all suggest? How like, to stay safe, keep from putting, um, yeah. I really, the only tips that I have is one, always keep your drink in your hand. Mm -hmm. Um, don't ever set it down. Um, the also keep your hand over the top of your drink. 
-hmm. make it harder for like, if you're standing there talking to friends and holding your drink by your side, make it harder for somebody to put something in your drink. Um, but just holding it like by the side of the cup, like it, it's still easy. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say like communicate with friends, with bartenders, with security. Like if, you, if something happens and you feel uncomfortable, mm -hmm. like come tell someone, um, because that we can only fix issues that we're made aware of. Um, like we try to watch out and see what's going on, but there, that's not always possible. Um, Anyone who's been at Skybar on the weekends knows it's just a herd of people. That would be impossible. Or football season. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to add a couple instances um, of just things that I see that drive me absolutely nuts. So one, and you see, especially like with college students and stuff, they're so worried about money. And so there's a couple things that happen. Um, I don't know how to word it, but I'll just give my instance. Yeah. I had a drink and it, I, it wasn't in my hands, but it was on the ledge right in front of me. And I, just because simply because I thought this guy was looking at my drink weird, I threw it away. I'm not okay. Yeah. I just spent $5 on that drink, mm -hmm. but it's $5 or the potential of something. And he may not have even done anything. He might've just been giving a weird look, but I wasn't, I felt weird about it. So I was like, I'm gonna throw it away. And I went and got a new one. Mm -hmm. But you know, some of these students are so afraid of wasting their money. They'll drink it. Or what really absolutely drives me insane is they'll pick up a drink that's been, left or take a drink from a stranger just because they don't want to spend their own money to get more drinks. And it's like, you have no idea what is in that drink. That drives me absolutely insane. But it's like, what is worth it more? Like, yes, you're going to spend money. Like you expect that when you go out, mm -hmm. spend a little bit of money, ask someone to, you know, your friend to buy you a drink and pay them back, but don't just take drinks from strangers. Don't just sip out of someone's drink. Mm -hmm. And if you think something's weird, throw it away and get a new one. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, real quick, like something that I did as a bartender, um, having the experience where one of our employees um, got drugged mm -hmm. at another bar by somebody buying a bunch of shots is like, I understand that people want to celebrate. I understand that people like there are people that just walk up and, give me 30 shots and just want to pass them out to random people. Mm -hmm. Like if you get me drunk enough, I will be one of those people that's like, Hey, you know what? Like, apparently I think I have money when I'm drunk. <laughs> um, okay. So, <laughs> so it's like shots for everybody. Mm -hmm. But one thing I did was like, if they made, made it clear that they were just going to buy a round of shots for a bunch of people just standing there yeah. is I would hand them like the number of shots for however many people that they obviously knew. And then the rest of them, I'd be like, you tell me who you want me to hand this to oh, because good. I'm, I'm not giving you the shot so you can hand it to them. I don't know you. I'm no. Right. Right. And I think um, not just like any bar, but anywhere like, watch your bartender or your drink like even like i 
absolutely to the sky bar thing but there are probably some bartenders out there who might do something if they see the um opportunity but yeah definitely suggest um that also this is for anyone out there who wants to maybe spend a little bit of money but also have that kind of um security there's two brands it, there's one it's called my cup condoms yes, yes. sorry i got excited no no i love it I think they're so genius. cute <laughs> it's basically just like this cover for your cup and you just poke your straw through it so like the only thing that's sticking out is the straw so basically even better than like putting your hand over the drink and then there's this other one it's called nightcap it it's the same thing but it's like a scrunchie and then you like open it up and it turns into like a cover or something like that so if this is something that um you think that would be beneficial to you if you get some good use out of it frequent bars um i will put those in the link in the description below because those are two companies that i think i really think it's smart and i think it's great and i think that um it's genius. Like it's so simple, but it's genius. And I've yeah. seen so much advertising for this lately too. Yeah. Like I saw it all over TikTok and Instagram. Yes, yes, TikTok. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's so smart. So I'm gonna try and be a little bit more positive now. Have you ever seen an instance where like somebody stepped in in a situation um, to help someone out of a potentially dangerous situation, whether it be like assault, harassment, violence, anything like that in your time um, at bars? Oh, yeah. I saw that a lot. Um, not all the time, but I, it was pretty frequent where I would see um, some girls helping another girl, especially in the bathroom. Um, I know a lot of people, um, it, me included, when I'm just hanging out, like the atmosphere from being out in the bar space and like the dance floor and stuff is completely and totally different for girls as soon as they step into that bathroom. Cause that, I, I guess that just feels like a safe place for the girls and there's no tension in there. Like all the girls are um, helping each other, checking on each other. Um, and that's usually where everybody goes to hide too. Uh, but I've seen it several times. Um, even our bouncers would be the bystanders that would jump in if they saw something. Um, I've seen several guys jump in and stop, you know, fights or things happening and stepping outside with them or um, carrying girls home to like their friends, making sure that they were safe. And um, yeah, I saw it all the time. I rarely saw a situation go horribly wrong or horribly south. I really saw like a bad outcome, which I thought was really surprising given all the Auburn stories that you hear. I don't think I can certainly like pinpoint a certain one, um, but I'm even huge on it on myself or if my husband and I are out mm -hmm. and like, there's been plenty of times we've been out with like some of my girlfriends and I've straight up told him, I'm like, you need to go hang out all over her, act like her boyfriend. <laughs> and I'm like, and he does it. It's so wonderful because he's in on it with me too. So um, we're really huge on it. But uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's uh, when I say that there's a lot of evil in the world. Um, there are or there is, but there's also a lot of good out there, too. And I've seen people jump in and 
like stop a situation before I could get around the bar to do it myself. Um, so it's, it's, it's nice to know that there are a lot of people that if they notice something, they will step in. And lastly, what um, is y'all's message to survivors of sexual assault? Well, I'm going to try and keep this short because I could <laughs> obviously talk forever about this. Um, but, you know, having had worked around it and being a past victim of myself, um, it's important for them to know that what happened is not their fault and it does not define them. And there are plenty of resources um, that they just might not know about them to move at their pace and when they're ready. Um, but to just always remember to take care of themselves and self-care. So even if they're not ready to talk to not even one person, making sure that it's not eating them up, um, but just making sure that they're taking care of themselves and getting the help that they need. Like I said, at a time that they're ready. I, this is something that this topic is, I don't want to say new to me, but <laughs> going this in depth is definitely new. Um, I, I have to agree with what Shantae said, like make sure that you take care of yourself. Um, the only other thing that I can think of is make sure to if there's any evidence or anything like that like try to preserve it like you may not want you may not be ready to deal with it then mm -hmm. but there there could be a day that you are ready to deal with that so don't don't let that person get away it's not your fault it, it's the literally the evil, but mm -hmm. don't let that person get away because then they could do the same thing to somebody else. Like stop it before it can grow. Um, that's kind of hard. And I could probably talk for hours on that, but the main thing would be, we believe you. And I know there's a lot of bad people out there that make you feel like you you're not believed or that you're wrong or seeking attention. But there are so many out there that believe you. There are so many that want to help you. So if you're scared, lean on someone because there are people and resources all over the place that you can come to. I believe you. I will always help someone. Even if it doesn't sound right, I will help someone because Sexual assault has become such a horrible thing and such a huge thing that has happened to women and men that is gone unaddressed for way too long. And your stories matter. You matter. Um, so don't be afraid to speak out because someone will always believe you. All right. Well, do you guys have anything else you want to add before we sign off? Not really. I appreciate the opportunity to do this. Um, it was definitely a, a good experience and I enjoyed it. Good. We so appreciate y'all um, joining us. I 
was so excited about this podcast all week um, just because I think it's an interesting topic and I do think it's something we need to talk about um, especially when looking at how prevalent alcohol and drugs are used um, in sexual assault and I really appreciated all the insight that you guys were able to give and you seem very knowledgeable about the topic so thank yeah, you. Yeah it was very informative and interesting. Yeah, thank you guys again so much for joining us and thank you um, to our listeners out there and we will see you guys next time. Bye. 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 Thank you. Bye. Thank you.